he has said, and I don't, I don't know how he quantifies it. So I'll just admit, I don't, yeah. I don't know how he quantifies it, but he says that the number one influence in the life of a junior hire is mom and dad. Mm. Parents, it's time to celebrate. The new On Purpose Parents podcast, a Saddleback Parents podcast has arrived and we're here to help you win at parenting. As parents ourselves, we know that parenting is the toughest, most important job on the planet. You can't possibly do it alone. And now you don't have to because we're your people. Connect with us by texting the word parents to the number 83000, visiting us at onpurposeparents.com and tuning in every Wednesday with Kurt, Grace, and Chris for tips, ideas, and encouragement to help you win at being an on-purpose parent. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of On Purpose Parents. As always, I'm with you today. My name is Kurt Johnson. I'm with my co-host. Grace. And as always, in the corner where he belongs. <laughs> hey, everybody. Sitting, wow. qui- sitting wow, quietly Kurt. <laughs> is laying it on thick. producer Chris. Chris. Yay, it's Chris. Good, thank you. Thank you very good to much. see you, Chris. You're doing a great job. You look good as always. Oh, thanks, man. Good to see you guys now, again. Now, Grace, you don't really need to comment on this because it's kind of awkward, but I'll just, you can nod. Okay. All right. Have you noticed Chris always smells very nice? Oh, you know, I haven't you noticed that. You haven't noticed that. that. Okay. But I am not surprised there if that's go. true. Yeah, that's, well, it is, it is true. He comes in my office. We meet on the regular <laughs> and I've never told him this, but every time he comes in, it, it, it just smells so good. Oh, wow. I do that misty so thing good. where I have, I spray the cologne up and I yeah. walk into it. It's not oh, just your natural so. scent. No, <laughs> no, not like, most, but I do shower. You're day. not like most junior high boys with, with <laughs> ax body spray. That no, that is spray on, on thick. Not a, none of 16 that ounces at once. <laughs> <laughs> but that explains why, um, a week ago, when we did our kickoff, our launch episode. Our podcast number one. Podcast number one. If you didn't listen to it, listeners, it's not too late. Go back. You can go back and catch up. We're only mm-hmm. two episodes in. Yeah. But Grace, remember he brought us each a gift? Yes. It was so sweet. I got a bundle of beautiful flowers. Yes. And I got a little <laughs> thing of, I got a thing of cologne. I know. <laughs> he gave me cologne as a welcome gift, which oh makes goodness. so much sense because he smells so good all the time. He's sharing his his sharing his love. Or it was a very passive aggressive yeah. <laughs> hint. Here's what we're gonna jump in today, and we're gonna jump in quick and we're gonna we're gonna move through this, but it's a really important topic. Mm-hmm. Um in our last episode, we we touched on this idea of like a parenting plan. Yeah. And Chris, you had mentioned that you did a, a search and your your research showed that what most parents who do Google searches about parenting are searching for is some sort of parenting plan, yes. a parenting strategy, right? Which is fantastic because as a podcast on purpose parents, we believe in that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we really believe, we may not believe in like a a plan that you have to follow A plus B equals C every time. No such thing exists, mm-hmm. right? Um, that only exists in math. Two plus two only equals four every single time in math, right? Does it? One plus two. No, well, it does. Uh, then, uh, maybe not. <laughs> you no, know it does. You're wait, right. You're right. Wait, you're, That's good. You're, 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 I'm the, you're in charge of the budget. I know. You know, and math a, was my worst subject. So you're in charge oh, of the budget. Don't tell, don't tell anyone. She's, she's a new math. This new math, these youngsters. <laughs> I know. These youngsters oh, like Grace. I know. Yeah, I love learning. being called a youngster here. That's <laughs> this, fantastic. 
<laughs> doesn't happen often these days, but you know, I'll take it. This is one of the only rooms where you're called a youngster. I'm, I'm the young one a, here. I love uh, it. Okay. Um, you know, when we're talking about plans and stuff like that, it's in it, just how, how much parents care hmm. so deeply right. about their kids, right? That does, yes. And they're, they, they want it. They want to, all of us, we want our kids to be prepared. So we want to have a plan for our kids to be prepared and I, you know, them searching that yep. people just listening to this podcast right, right. now mm. is you guys are doing such an right. amazing job as parents, yeah. a much better job than you think you're yeah. doing. And I, I, that's a good point, Chris. Good I, you know, point. I don't think people are looking for a parenting plan because they want to take the, like, just give me the shortest route. Mm. Mm. They don't want just the shortest, easiest route. They want to do it right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I think that reflects that most parents really understand the, like the, the severity of yeah. the journey, the consequences, the, right. And they want to get it right. And we exist as a podcast to help you maybe sort of kind of get it right. Yeah. yeah. Um, right. No guarantees, but we think we have stumbled upon and created what is a pretty solid way to purpose or to parent on purpose. Yeah. Um, and part of that is having the, the, the end in mind. Yep. And like we talked about last time around, that it's Saddleback, it, it Saddleback Parents and our On Purpose Parent podcast, we would say, yeah. we, we, we just, it's just our voices, but we would say that the goal of parenting is to raise your children to become interdependent, mm -hmm. lifelong followers of Jesus who want to make a kingdom contribution, mm -hmm. that that's the end goal. Oh, well, how do you do that? Well, there's yeah. all kinds of ways that you do that, but what we're, we're going to focus on today, and we're going to give today like a brace, like a flyby, yep. right? A 30,000 foot fly by yep. and then in future episodes a, a few episodes from now we'll start taking a deeper look yeah. at each one of these pieces but what we would say is the first step to becoming an on-purpose parent um, is to really as a parent understand and lean into don't 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 avoid yeah. don't don't dismiss um, the different ages and stages mm -hmm. that your children are in and the roles and goals that you as a parent might have mm -hmm. during those ages and stages that your children find themselves in, if that makes sense. So there's ages and stages of our kids, and subsequently there are roles and goals that we as our parents find that we as yeah. parents find ourselves in. And just like our children change, mm -hmm. the roles and goals of parenting change. Yeah. Along the way, on on the way to this big goal of yeah. interdependent lifelong followers, Jesus, who desire to make a kingdom impact. Yeah. And that concept is has been so helpful for me because just even before we dive into these um, ages and stages and the roles and goals, like you said, Kurt, um, what we're going to talk about, I just want to say off the bat that it's so easy as parents to tie our identity and our worth and our value mm in being parents. And I just want to start off by saying our identity, worth, and our value is not in being a parent. And what I mean by that is it's very easy, again, to get tied to a role, to a certain stage, and to get validated in a certain way, in a certain stage. And all the constantly changing stages of our kids and parenting can feel kind of threatening or like whiplash or just really um, confusing at times. But I do think when we feel um, and remember that our worth is just being in a child of God, mm. you know, that we are good enough right now, you know, without any other contribution that we need to make, right. it can really, I guess, free us and put us in a mindset where we can be open. And like right. you said, to lean into all the changing stages and 
um, be excited even to change alongside our kids as they go through so much transformation as they grow up. So I'm really excited to kind of look into all those stages too with that mindset. Yeah, me too. Me too. And you, you, you didn't really say this, but as you were, as you were talking, it made me think of, of this. Um, there's kind of these two extremes in parenting, right? There's, and, and listeners might be able to identify which, which were my parents. Mm. And some parents are kind of this healthy middle, but I think most of us were raised by one of two extremes. My wife and I, she was raised by one extreme. I was raised by the other. Her, her dad was a police officer. Mm. And so law and order, right? Yeah. R- rules will be followed, yeah. black and white. What I say is the law. Um, don't get out of line, all, all that stuff. I was raised in what I would almost call like a laissez-faire house. My parents loved yeah. me. I knew they loved me, but boy, oh boy, oh boy, did they let me figure life out on my own, oh, right? See. So almost, almost hands off, Yeah. almost hands off. Um, and, you know, and you look at those two extremes mm. and the, kind of the modern day version of maybe the overbearing isn't maybe so authoritative, but it's where you get that we get that idea of like the helicopter parents, mm-hmm. yeah. right? I used to call it before Uber was a word for transportation. Yeah. I used to use the word Uber parent, like a super parent. Yeah. Like, oh. like I'm an Uber parent. I'm all about my kids. <laughs> right. right. And we hear I'm a tiger mom and I'm yeah. what, uh, uh, what they call it, a bear mama or what they call it. Oh, mama bear, mama bear. Yeah. Right. I'm a mama bear, yeah. which I get, but there can be a little bit of like overbearing yeah. stuff or the opposite is, parents who really aren't all that engaged. And so if we're, if we're not careful, Mm. what we're going to talk about today and then in subsequent episodes can, it can, if we're not careful, push us a little bit into the helicopter parent, Mm -hmm. a little bit into the mama bear, a little bit into the maybe too controlling. We want, we want this too bad. We want this too much for our kids. Um, And so we got to strike the, we got to strike the balance. So as we dig into this listeners, um, kind of check where you're at because yeah. for some of you who are more laissez-faire, this will sound way too prescriptive, yeah, way too strategic. Come on. I, yeah. just, I just want my kids to be kids. Some of you who are maybe a little bit more, you lean towards the mama bear, the overly involved, right. the, the overly concerned, which it's hard to even say that. It's yeah. almost impossibly overly concerned for but a parent. But it's intense. There's an it's intensity intense. there. You know, th- th- this this might, if you're not careful, could reinforce mm-hmm. some of that in a way that that maybe it doesn't need Become to. Become unhealthy. Yep. So maybe strike that balance That's as we good. jump into this. So what we're going to do is we're going to spend a few minutes and we're going to look at the five ages and stages that we've, that we've identified. There's no real science behind it. Um, and then it, the roles and goals and the ages and stages are really just broken up kind of how they, how they, how they progress through society, yeah. the, the grade school years, mm-hmm. the kindergarten, all that kind of stuff. And then what are our roles and goals as parents? So here's, here's what I'll do. I'll jump in with the first one Great. and then grace, you can, you can go from there. First of all, the first state and parents, if you're listening, if you want to see this little graph, we've made a really cool graph or chart that helps chart all this. If you'll go to our Instagram page, you can do it right now as you're listening if you want. But the at Saddleback Parents, that's our handle for our Instagram page. And you'll see this little circular chart, kind of like a flow chart. It's blue and it's blue and yellow in color, blue and orange. And it will work you through this. And you might 
want to follow along as we go through this. But the first stage and age that your children find yourself in is that sort of like birth through kindergarten, mm -hmm. right? And that's like kind of a yeah. natural clumping, the birth through the kindergarten. There's some unique stuff going on. And the phrase we've given, your role as a parent, the role that we've kind of assigned you as a parent for your birth through kindergartner is that of a caregiver. Mm -hmm. That in birth through kindergarten, kind of your primary role is is caregiver, which makes sense, right? Your kids aren't doing much on their own at yeah. that age. You, you, yeah. Your kids have recently come out of that age. Yeah. And yeah. It, and it's, I would say it is a beautiful stage. You know, it's, it's a stage of wonder and a lot of thrilling firsts. I mean, it's like you're starting with the miracle of life and all the transitions that you go through, but it's also an incredibly physically demanding mm. stage. I mean, it is so so hands-on. You are doing everything. You are literally the caregiver. Right. Without you, your child cannot survive. You are changing diapers. You're putting on clothes. You're taking off clothes. You're giving them a bath. You're feeding them. Everything depends on you, right. and it's so physical. Right. Um, it reminds me of a story. Um, when I was, I think, about uh, four, so around that stage, I really loved playing doctor. And I used to play with this glass thermometer, not the fancy kinds that we have these days, you know, where you like kind of just point at it, right. but where you put the on your tongue, school, the yeah. old school and the little red bar kind of yeah. like creeps up. And um, one evening my parents had guests over and I was playing and it broke in my mouth. And I was like, I actually wasn't that nervous. I remember feeling like, oh, whoopsies, like <laughs> right. I broke it. I better go tell my mom and dad. So I walk over to them and I show them my tongue with all the glass pieces on it. And I, and I still remember distinctly feeling really surprised at that all the freaking out that mm. happened right after. My dad grabbed me by my ankles, flipped me upside down. Then all the parents like ran into the bathroom. He was shaking me over the toilet. Then my mom's like poking me all over and like trying to flush out my mouth. And, and now as a, an adult and as a mom, I can totally understand right. why they were freaking out and why I was never allowed to play with a thermometer again. <laughs> but I think the point is this stage, I mean, it is so intense right. and it can be so exhausting. Right. And so we do just want to say um, to parents in this stage, you know, that we see you, we see how hard you're working. It can feel like it's never going to end mm -hmm. and that you're not doing anything right because things like your kid breaking a thermometer in their mouth happens and, and it can get overwhelming at times, right. but we do want to encourage parents in this stage, in this very hands-on caregiving stage, that it will pass. It mm. is a season and that they are doing, as you know, producer Chris was saying earlier, they are doing so much better than they may be giving themselves credit right, for. Right. And even though it's, it's a pretty young age, birth to kindergarten, um, it's a really, really important age. It's important. Um, uh, child development specialists and doctors and, and all the experts out there, what, what they will say is that the, the, the most development in a human being's life mm. happens from birth to age two. That's mm. when the most development happens right. from birth to age two. And you think about it, that's when you kind of learn to talk, you learn to walk, you learn to what to say no, you learn what's yours and you start to learning how to share. I mean, yeah. your brain just develops like crazy yeah. from zero to two and Really, when you think about it, from two to five, there's a lot of change, right? Um, and that's why the goal of parenting, I think, in this age is is actually really important mm. um, because of the impression that 
that mm. they're so impressionable. Yeah. They're just little tiny sponges and they're, they are seeing so much more, which is why it's fascinating to me. My grandson Miller is just turned two recently and he's just now really starting to talk a lot more. Yeah. But what you realize when they start talking is how much they know. Mm. Like they've been absorbing all this information for two years. They just don't know how to share it. And all of a sudden he knows how to share it. And he's just, it's like, like, holy smokes, how did he learn all this? Well, he learned it all along. He just didn't know how to express it. Right. And so the goal for this, for this stage as a caregiver, Mm -hmm. the, the goal for parents as we would see it is for your children to see your faith, yeah, to see your faith. Now, remember, we're talking at a higher level goal for parenting, right? Yeah. Interdependent, lifelong followers of Jesus who desire to make a kingdom contribution. So with that in mind, the goal at this stage for parents, with that end in mind, is that your children would see your faith, mm. that they would recognize, they would see, they would see how you respond, they would see even things like we go to church together. Mm-hmm. I, I tell my wife I love her. They see me praying. They see me asking them to pray. All all the things that they're observing yeah. in their little minds, because what we've learned is they're absorbing all of that, even yeah. though we don't necessarily realize that, that they are. Yeah, and I love what you said, is that they may not have the words to articulate it. That's such a good reminder for parents in this stage, because if they're not communicating back to you, it's easy to just think nothing's happening, right. you know, but like you said, this stage is when they are experiencing little human beings for the very first time, right. who they are right. and how the world is to them, mm. you know, and they can experience through your caregiving again, without being able to say thank you to right. you and be able to express and articulate all the wonderful things you are doing for them, but they are experiencing that they are loved, that they are wanted, that they belong right. to a family. And, and that's just such a powerful yeah. thing yeah. in that stage. So as we move through here, another way, a visual to think of it, parents, is think of these roles as almost like the hats that you wear. Mm-hmm. Like you, So your first hat that you wear is the hat of a caregiver. Now, when we what we're doing as we move through this is in some ways, we're just adding hats. Mm-hmm. It, you, yeah. you very, yeah. It's it's pretty rare yeah. that you take off the other hat completely. What? I can't right? take it off? You can't? Please? No, because <laughs> the next stage is when your kids enter elementary school. So it's the grades one to five, yeah. the elementary years. And your role, your primary role is still pretty much a caregiver, but not as much. Yeah. They can feed themselves. They can they can maybe maybe at a certain age they're walking to school or whatever the case may be. Right? They they can start to do chores. They can clean up after themselves. They can they can clean. They can wipe their own yeah. bottom. They can wipe their own bottoms <laughs> yeah, at this well, age, right? Like that's hey, that's a big deal. <laughs> that's a big that deal. is a real real that's big a, that's deal. A big deal. It's a very important milestone. Yeah. Um. That I'm still trying to perfect. Anyway, I, I, um, I took our, our uh, neighbor kids to the park yes. close by, and and they're all you know they they were all younger, you know, little kids, and hey. Chris, I gotta go to the bathroom. So, like, okay, here's the card, and goes opens it and goes back. Then pretty soon I hear, Chris, come in here and help. And I'm like, Yeah, dude, oh what do you help? What? He's like, Come wipe my bottom. Oh. I said, I am not gonna go in there. Why? Do you not know how to know? So I'm like, yeah. Pull the toilet. You know, yeah. and it was just do it. I'm like, just I, I, I forgot about those right. days, yeah. man. And I do not think I'm allowed to do that for yeah. my neighbor's <laughs> child. I I am not allowed to do that. You're going to stink on your way home, son. Yeah. Right. It's going to be an itchy, stinky walk home. But you're okay. Anyway, yeah. enough enough of that. 
that's the junior high pastor. But yeah, it is, it's definitely such a fun stage too. I mean, this age, they're just like learning so much and absorbing so much. Which, age, which stage are we talking about? This uh, crafter thank one you, through five. Thank you, because we didn't get there yet. Okay. We didn't get to crafter. All right, let's thank do you. it. No, well, we just had we just didn't tell them that they were the crafter. Yes. That that's so you're right. It, we have a C word. Mm-hmm. We don't do we don't do anything around here without it like What's that word? Alliteration. Alliteration. Yes. Thank you. So if you're a caregiver, now you're a crafter. Yeah. In elementary school from grades one to five, you're a crafter. So Grace, why don't you, as you were starting to, why don't you kind of unpack what that yeah. means? Yeah. Well, for me, this is the stage that I'm in right now. My second daughter is in second grade and my first daughter is in fifth grade. And so this is really a stage, you know, if I were to describe where my kids are at, where there's just so much abundance of learning happening. It's mm. where they're starting to gain some independence and have, their fo- and have a voice. It's such a fun stage too, because you're still the world to your kids. They still kind of care about you a little bit more than your friends at this stage yet, right. um, but they can interact with you with a little more independence and personality mm-hmm. and, and have a voice. Um, and it's just so exciting in terms of learning. I mean, whether it's like learning how to ride a bike or learning how to do multiplication or just social skills, like how to stand in line, or even emotional skills, like what am I feeling? These are feelings that I don't know what they are, and giving them a name, and learning how to, you know, kind of gain some, you know, intelligence around that. So it is, it's just a really fun, active stage, I think. Yeah, and another way to think of this stage is from crafter is almost like you're a, a foundation builder, mm-hmm. right? So when we, when we came up with the word crafter, we were thinking about the first word I came up with, which nobody liked, um, was, was I came up with cop. Um, and then I changed, I softened it to corrector, right? Because yeah. so much of our role with kids this age is, hey, not in our household. Yeah. Hey, this is right. This is wrong. Yeah. These are the consequences for your decisions, right? We're doing all that policing right. of our kids. Um, but what we're, re- what we're really doing in that, especially if we want to do it in a more positive way, is we're crafting who they're becoming. Yeah. We're laying a foundation upon which we're going to build their character and their values and their belief system mm-hmm. and their worldview. And these are the years that that happens, right? When you, as somebody who's worked with children and youth, my teenagers, my entire ministry career, I'm 34 years into, mm-hmm. into church work. This is the age that I've spent my whole life mm-hmm. focusing on. Um, it's really, really mm-hmm. interesting how many adults I talk to and you say, when did you come to faith in Jesus Christ? Mm. When and it's it's like a massive percentage wow. is in elementary school, wow. in elementary school, mm. in, right? Or or they'll say, well, when I was a teenager or when I was in my twenties, and almost all of them though will point back and say, mm. but you know, I remember in elementary school my parents taking me to church all the time, right. or I made a decision, but it didn't it didn't totally settle in yeah. until I was older but they the foundation was being laid another oh. way you could think of it at this age would be seed planter yeah you're planting the seeds you're planting the seeds you're watering your water you might not see a harvest for a little bit later yeah. right so all of that is like this crafting job mm. of parents that in, we have in that, in that, in that same meeting I actually brought up the word cultivator you did yeah. and you then did. and but, then what I heard from cultivator was <laughs> <laughs> that also didn't yeah. fly <laughs> It didn't primarily because I didn't know how to spell it. Yeah. It's like if if it's going to be on our chart, I have to know how to spell it. You have spell to be it. able to. Sp- can you spell crafter? I can. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. K- we won't put. Oh, that's the macro. Uh. That's, that's macro and cheese. 
I can I can smell crafter. Yeah. But you're right. You're right. We, Chris, producer Chris. I, 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 in this setting, I just have to call him producer, producer Chris. Chris. Yeah. Just he needs to know his role. <laughs> producer Chris Man, needs again, to know his, his role on this podcast. I'm gonna mute is, my mic. Is to um, well, chime in appropriately. Which he just did, because the cultivating piece is exactly it, Chris. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that's exactly, we are cultivating and growing and planting seeds and crafting yeah. the stuff that is going to really, that's what everything else gets built upon. Right. It's a foundation building time. We talk about that in ministry, in church ministry. Right. The reason um, so many kids' ministries focus on the basic things, the Bible stories, yeah. all that, is because that's the foundation. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. in youth ministry, you build all the other stuff on that foundation, right? right? Yeah. Um, and so parents of elementary kids, I know you think sometimes, oh man, the teenage years are going to be crazy and scary, and they can be, and we'll talk about that. Um, but a whole bunch of, not not all, there's, there's, you know, there's no, there's no guarantees when your kids hit the teenage years. <laughs> but one, one of the things that does help mm. inform a child's teenage years is how well mom and dad have crafted them yeah. in, in the elementary years. And I think it's such an encouragement for parents like me right now who are in this stage to be really intentional about what we're doing in this stage. Because just like you said, Kurt, we have so much opportunity as on-purpose parents to have an impact, an influence on these right. foundational things in life. And I think for me, it's both just having them, being able to help your children grow both in their interests and finding their passions mm -hmm. and their unique personalities. But also, I mean, I don't know if this is where you were going originally with the word cop, but also to instill disciplines right. and good mm -hmm. habits. And right. um, when I was, uh, I think, in fifth grade, I saw in school, during a school assembly, two, no, when I was five, kindergarten, I saw two fifth graders playing the violin, and I was, like, so hooked. I, and I came home, and I asked my mom and dad, can I play the violin? And initially, they said no, because I was already playing the piano, and, you know, starting a new in instrument is a lot of uh, investment right. and time, and they were like, no, one is enough. But I was so, so wanting this bad. So every night I drew, I literally, my parents have this stack of paper to show, uh, would draw or attempt to draw a violin and leave it on their bed. I would learn how to spell the word violin. I would write it on a piece of paper and leave it on their bed. And so, I mean, my parents, after like a couple months and the stack of paper in this kindergartner that's like begging them, they were like, okay, we'll, we'll do this. Apparently this is what you really are passionate about. So I still remember that first day they brought that violin home and, you know, it had that kind of rented violin smell and opened the case. <laughs> and I was so excited. And then I was like, what is this? It was like really awkward, really uncomfortable. There was no good music coming out of it. It was really squeaky. And then pretty much immediately I was like, yeah, I don't want this. I'm, right. I'm done. But then my mom was like, oh, no. Oh, like no. <laughs> we went through all of this. You spent two months, you know, saying you wanted to do this. We're going to try at least for a while. And she was the person that made me practice every day. And it wasn't easy right. as an elementary school kid that just wanted everything to be yep. easy yep. and didn't like things to be hard. But at the end of the day, playing the violin for me was such a great blessing for me throughout my teenage years. And I wouldn't have been able to experience that one without my mom encouraging my passions and letting me explore. But two, also 
teaching me the disciplines right. and crafting that I yep. can't just do whatever yep. I want. Right. Sometimes things take hard work. Yep. My parents would not let me quit sports. Mm. Every year when, when, when sign-up season came, they would say, now, we just want to make sure you remember. Even even when I was in eighth grade and, and I loved it, right? Yeah. But it started when I was in elementary school. We just want to make sure you understand. We're going to spend money. We're yeah. going to buy cleats. Yeah. You're going to be part of a team. So once you once you start, you're not allowed to quit. Right. You're, you don't have to play next year, but you can't quit this you year. You got to commit and for the th- season. And they were crafting mm-hmm. some character in me, right? Yes. They were crafting some responsibility, all that yes. kind of stuff. So the the goal, parents, we we would say it, as a crafter in grades one through five for your children would be to nurture their faith. Mm. So when you're the caregiver in their birth through kindergarten, you're you're, you're hoping that they see your faith. Yeah as a crafter and what you're doing now is you're beginning to nurture and craft and form a faith of, of their own. Yes. So that is awesome. the second age and stage caregiver crafter. Now we enter the, the dreaded, <laughs> what every parent just is terrified of. Um, I think until they go through it oftentimes oh, okay. until they go through it oftentimes, cause it can be the, it can be the best season um, is when your children are in that middle school, season, mm-hmm. the grade six through eight, junior high slash middle school. And the word that we've given for you as a parent, and we'll have to unpack this a little bit, but not, not really too, too deeply because it can be misunderstood mm. is your role with your middle schooler is that of a cheerleader. Mm. It's that of a cheerleader. And the reason we came up with that is there are very few seasons in life that are tougher to go through mm. than when you're a middle schooler. Yeah. It's when you're insecure, you're too short, Mm. you're too tall, you're too fat, you're too skinny, you wish you had curly hair, you wish you had straight hair, you're realizing maybe for the first time, you know, I I don't fit in with the kids I think I should fit in, Mm -hmm. or the, the kids who, we were friends in elementary school because we all played the violin, Yeah. right? But now some of them are cool and they yeah. hang out with the cool kids and I'm not the cool kid. And so I'm changing friendship circles. Mm-hmm. And it junior high is a really, I'm, ex, I'm ex going through puberty maybe, yeah. right? Oh I'm, my I'm, goodness. I'm, 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 my friends like girls, <laughs> but I don't. Or my friends don't like boys, but I do. Right. And, I mean, it is just wild. Yeah. Wild with opportunities for insecurity. Yeah. Insecurity is probably the, the the number one word I would use to describe most middle schoolers and what they need in a parent. Now, again, you're not taking off the hat of yeah. crafter or if you want to say kind of cop or whatever. Yeah. You're not taking cultivator. that hot cultivator. You don't take that hat off. You add to that, mm-hmm. that of being a cheerleader. Yeah, They need people who are in their corner. Mm. They need people who cheer them on. We are all about you. Yay, you. Go, you. You can do it. You can make it. Don't give up. Don't quit. We love you. We believe in you. God thinks you're awesome. He designed you with a purpose. He made you the way he made you. You're not a mistake. You're not junk. You're the best. And I think if parents of junior hires can just say more than anything else, we're going to cheer on our middle schooler. That's maybe the most important season in their life for them mm. to have that from a mom and dad. Oh, I love that. I mean, I, I feel encouraged with what you just said. I'm going to like take that snippet from the podcast and play it for me every morning. You're good. You're worthy. You're wanted. You're okay. I mean, that's so good. I think you're right. I mean, I don't have kids in this stage yet, so I can just look back to what it was like for me as a middle schooler. And you're absolutely right. It's a stage where your friends and their opinions become so much more important than your parents, what it feels like right. that. 
And so when you don't get that affirmation or that acceptance in that circle that you're so longing for, I mean, it can just feel devastating. So one of the encouragements I would want to share with our listeners or parents who are going in that stage is just really allow a lot of space for mistakes and for Mm. awkwardness and maybe some emotional inconsistency Mm -hmm. in your kids at the stage. And I can only point to myself again as a kid in this stage. I remember in seventh grade, my dad is a pastor or he was a pastor. And in seventh grade, I remember during an argument or um, when I was getting scolded and I was feeling a little emotional, I told my dad, you love the church more than you love me. And what kind of dad is that? You know, I threw it out there. Um, But the weird thing is that I distinctly remember thinking after I said that all dramatically is that I really didn't believe it. Um, So if I didn't believe it, why did I say it? And if I look back at that time, I had been hearing a lot of narratives about what a pastor's kid's life was like. You know, pastor's kids get a lot of pressure. You know, pastor's kids end up rebelling or pastor's kids, their parents love the church more than them. And even though I felt like for me, I never really felt that at that age, it was almost like I wanted to like test it out. Like I needed to subconsciously say it to see, is it true? Is it not true? And, and it was, it's all kind of a confused jumble, but I was like saying things that I knew in my heart of hearts, I didn't mean, and it wasn't my experience. And I'll never forget my dad's reaction, which was, he didn't really react negatively. He just was sort of like, okay, he kind of listened and created this space for me to just kind of say my stuff and yep. be inconsistent emotionally. Cause the next minute I was like, all fine, right. you know? So I think when I look back that space that my parents created, that safe space to allow me to be weird, yep. to allow me to be dramatic, to be emotional right. or whatever it is that I was going through and that they were that space that safe place where I could test that out right. and they'll right. be there for me. Right. And when you say create space, what you're, what you're saying is allow for, yes. right? allow for inconsistency, allow for what, 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 what we're not saying is like create distance between you and your child. Right. In fact, that's a mistake yes. that a lot of parents make in the adolescent years, especially the middle school years, because the, some middle school kids are kind of jerks, right? <laughs> they're, 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 they're jerks to their friends. They're jerks to their siblings. They're jerks to mom and dad. They're, right. they're, they're mean. They're all the things, right? Yeah. And, and oftentimes it's, it's for the first time in middle school is when parents oftentimes get like the eye roll mm-hmm. or when they were in fourth it's so grade. Sad. It's so sad. <laughs> it's so sad. And when they were in fourth grade, they loved to go the, to the mall or wherever with mom and dad. Yeah. And now it's like, Hey, can you just drop me off? Yes. I don't want to be seen with you. Or, or you used to walk them to school yeah. and now it's like, Hey, can you drop me off around the corner from school? Right. Right. And oftentimes parents will just decide it, it would be easier for everybody if I put some distance between yeah. me and my children. Right. Right. If I gave them some space, right. too much space, I would suggest part of your role as being a cheerleader is go against that intuition, yeah. go against the grain and lean in, mm-hmm. like lean in to that relationship with your, with your kids in middle school as a cheerleader, as their biggest fan, yes. give them, That's allow, beautiful. allow space, allow opportunity, a place. Be, be a safe place but don't create like physical, emotional space between yeah. the two of you because they actually need your presence the yeah. most. In fact, um, a gentleman, his, his name's Wayne Rice, and he's the founder of this big youth ministry organization. Okay. And um, 
he has said, and I don't, I don't know how he quantifies it. So I'll just admit, I don't, yeah. I don't know how he quantifies it, but he says that the number one influence in the life of a junior hire is mom and dad. Mm. They don't act like it's mom and dad, Yeah, but it actually still is mom and dad. And the reason friends end up having so much influence mm. is because mom and dad typically advocate that authority. They yeah. advocate that, that influence because it's hard work. Yeah. And there's like this influence vacuum mm. that's created and friends and other influences just kind of automatically right. fill that void. But right. in their heart, most middle school kids still want mom or dad yeah. to be the most influential person in right. their life. And they need us to be their cheerleaders. Yeah, that is so beautiful. And, you know, and part of that, I think, is just encouraging ourselves as I'm going to enter the stage with my daughter in fifth grade um, is to not take things too personally, you know. Right. And I think if we can do that, we can create that safe place where they can be all that they're at, yet we can still lean in yeah. and we don't have to be hurt about it. I mean, we can, I mean, that does happen, right. but like you said, that maybe a little bit of hurt doesn't cause you to withdraw right. and, and abdicate, you know, yep. your role as a, a crafter. Yep. So now we're going to, we're going to hit these last two a little bit more quickly only because not because they're less important, but my hunch is there's a fewer number of listeners that find themselves in, the, yeah. in these stages. Um, but they're super duper important. So the, the next stage is when your students are in the high school, when your children are in the high school age, kind of grades nine through 12. And what we would say is, again, you're not taking off. You, you, at this point, you've maybe taken off most of your caregiver hat. Some of them, Some hopefully. Of them. I mean, but you're still, you're probably still the one providing food. You're probably still the one providing shelter, right? You're, you're the one paying yeah. for a chunk of their car insurance, whatever, right. whatever yeah. deal you've made. Yeah. Um, you're still, you're still in the business of crafting. You still are crafting. You still are cheering them on, but there becomes sort of this primary role of, of a coach Yeah, that really you're a coach. And the, the, the picture, the word picture, the analogy there is think of a sport mm. and how for the most, most of the time during a football game, most of the time the players are out on the field yeah. doing what, doing what they're supposed to do, what they've been coached during yeah. practice to do every now and then the coach will call timeout. Yep huddle them back up and say, Hey, we've gotten a little bit off track. Yeah. Hey, slow it down. Yeah. Hey, let's, let's get a little bit more urgency. Right. Okay. Now go do it again. And they go out and and they, and they do it. And and that's a great picture of what parenting high schoolers looks like is what you're really doing is you're sort of coaching them to live out all the things that you've crafted and you've cheer led into them in the earlier years of their life. Um, and coaches are a little bit more hands off. Yeah coaches they gotta they gotta they gotta run the playbook right the, the kids yeah. have to you you've you've poured into them the family values the yeah. family playbook and then you let them loose on the field mm-hmm. of life and every now and then you, you you coach them up yeah I love that yeah and I I love everything I'm really glad you guys chose this word I just love everything about the word coach the image the picture, the illustration that it paints. Um, You're not the one playing the game. Like you said, your kids are the ones out on the field. They are the ones playing the game, but you're still up close and personal on the sidelines providing that support. 
Uh, back to that violin story of mine, um, by the time I was in high school, it was something that I fully owned. It, it was something that it was really was a passion of mine. I really enjoyed it, loved making music. My mom never had to tell me to practice at this stage because it was something I did on my own to achieve my own goals. But during that time in high school, I had a lot of different auditions. And those auditions were so intense and scary. Mm. I mean, just waiting in a cold room and then waiting for your name to be called. And then your name gets called. You walk into this room and all these eyeballs are staring at you. And then you just hope that all your practice comes through when you're performing and have right. to perform. Um, but my mom was always there for me. She was probably there almost in all of my auditions. She would be in the waiting room. She would pray with me before to help, you know, me take a deep breath and calm my nerves. And she was the first person that would see when I was really disappointed afterwards if I felt like I really kind of messed up. But she was also the first person that would be there to celebrate with me when I came out and was like, yes, I nailed that one. You know, I did such a good job. And, and that having someone in your corner like that, someone who has coached you and, you know, has taught you and laid the foundational principles and things, yelled at you a lot in elementary, so you practice <laughs> to get to that stage where now I'm doing it on my own. Right. But she's still there for me, providing yep. that support. Yep. I mean, it was such a blessing. Right. It's awesome. And we forgot to give the goal for the middle school years. Oh, yeah. We forgot. So as, if you're a cheerleader and you're raising middle schoolers, your, your role is out of a cheerleader. Your goal, and this is super important at this age, is that they would own their mm. faith. Right. It would, yeah. Their faith would be something that isn't just mom and dad's. It's yeah. not just the faith of their childhood that they inherited. Yeah. The old saying, it's a classic saying of God doesn't have grandkids. Right. Yeah. Like they're not they're not a Christian because mom and dad are Christian. Yeah. But that the goal for middle schoolers is that they would own their own yeah. faith. And then the goal for that of your high school kids as you're coaching them. Yeah. Really the goal. And you think about this goes along with coaching is that they would activate their faith. Yeah. This goes to the part in our, in our kind of our purpose statement, interdependent lifelong followers of Jesus who want to make a kingdom contribution. Yes. So our goal as parents of high schoolers, if, if our kids are owning their faith, we want to see them activate their faith into the world. Mm. Like, Hey, God's wired me this way. He shaped me this way. I've got these gifts. I've got these talents, violin, whatever it is, football, I'm, I'm fun, I'm popular, I'm yeah. whatever it is, I'm kind, I'm compassionate, all the things that God has done in me, now we want them to activate yeah. them. Okay, you're right. You're yeah. all of those things, cheerleader. You're, <laughs> all, you're all of those things. What are you going to do with it? Mm -hmm. How might God want to use you to make this world a better place? Yes. How, so you're activating, you're putting you're putting opportunities and expectations to take the resources and the way God's wired you into the world. Yeah. Cause as a teenager, you can do it. Yeah. You can do it. You don't have to wait until you you're can. a certain age and high schoolers are ready, willing, and able to step up to any challenge that adults give them. They can high schoolers. Oh can, yeah. They can change the world. Oh, absolutely. Right. I mean, high schoolers, they're, they're, especially in this technology driven world, they're, they're more so capable. Yeah. They're more yeah. native than most of the adults. So how are we activating mm -hmm. their faith? That's, that's the goal of parenting high schoolers. And then as we bring this thing home, yep. rounding it out, our final never ending <laughs> role is that this, the stage of parenting where our, our children are sort of the college age and beyond Yeah, college age and beyond. Um, and your role there is what we would see is that of a consultant. Mm -hmm. 
Um, you're sort of an on-call consultant. Yeah. You're there when they need you. Yeah. Um, the door is always open. Jim Burns, who's a, a very well-known and well-respected um, family pastor, family is he a psychologist, producer Chris? Is he? Is yeah. Jim Burns a psych? He's a psychologist, Doctor Jim Burns. There, there you yeah. go. That, 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 that <laughs> should have been, been my first. Should have been my first <laughs> clue. Um, he has a book that we can put in the show notes. Um, I don't know the title. Um, so, so Chris, but I, I think it's. We'll know the author. I think it is. Leave the porch light on and the welcome mat out. Mm. And it's about how to parent adult children. Oh, that's beautiful. Leave the picture. porch light on and the welcome mat mat out by Jim Burns. Um, and, and it's, that's his way of saying you're a consultant. Yeah. You're, you're, you're there to give them input and advice as, as wanted. Yes. Um, every now and then, especially maybe when they're away at college yeah. and, and they're still, they're still young. Um, you might have to be proactive in your consulting, yeah. <laughs> but for the most part at that age, yeah. um, and, and Chris and I can attest, Grace, you'll, you'll, yeah. you'll experience this, I'll experience um, it in the future. unsolicited input. Mm-hmm to adult children from mom and dad doesn't go over super great. Mm. Um, solicited <laughs> input right. co- goes over really well right. when, when they ask, yeah. um, it goes over fantastic, but unsolicited input to a, to an adult child usually backfires. Mm. Right. But yeah. Is that your experience? Chris? Yeah. And you know, we're, I think the place that we're at, we really want to be that consultant for our kids and we want them to, we want to share our opinion with them, but we're not going to force it on them or yeah. anything. But when they do ask, then that's, that's a win to yeah. us. You know, For we're sure. just, oh, that's so great that they not only want to be around us, they want to know what we think now. Right. Yeah. And so that's one of the things you. Yeah, yeah I imagine to. since I'm not there yet, but I imagine that can be hard, you yeah. know, just it's a different stage of parenting. Again, it's a, a much more hands off stage, it can feel like that, especially coming from caregiver, crafter, cheerleader, coach. Um, and, you know, there could be that empty nest feeling right. like, you know, a sense of loss, which I do think it's really important to acknowledge with change comes loss. And that is important to acknowledge that. But I can also imagine and from my own experience as a young adult, that that can be such a beautiful thing. I remember outside of college, I had graduated, I had been dating someone seriously. And I was really confused because nothing was wrong with the relationship, but I did feel like something was missing. But because nothing was wrong with the relationship, I'm like, am I making a huge mistake? And I just didn't know how to navigate through that. And I remember calling my mom at one point at sort of a pivotal stage. And I wasn't the type, still kind of not the type to just cry in a conversation um, easily. Um, But I was bawling on the phone with her. I was just like, I'm so lost. I don't know what to do. And just having someone in my corner that I can talk to um, that I knew was there for me my entire life. I mean, this, my mom was there for me when I was, you know, from birth to all my elementary stage, all my middle school stages, all my high school stage to know that, you know, I could call somebody up who knew me like that, who I knew would be there for me was such a beautiful thing. And I, we weren't the type of people to, call we're not like the daily callers or even the weekly callers i was living pretty independently i was teaching english in korea actually at that time but were you living interdependent oh but no, there you go there. and if you want to yes, know more about that and good. haven't heard our first episode <laughs> go back and listen parents but that's it's so true just 
having my mom that I could be interdependent with to have that community, it was a beautiful thing. So I just imagine as parents, even though there can be a sense of loss or change that can be maybe a little disheartening at times or confusing, it's, it's a time where you can reap the harvest, you know, and the joy of this season and see your children living their best life while still being able to be a blessing to them. And it's the first time in your parenting journey where you actually feel like it's appropriate to sort of be the friend of your kids. Yeah. Right. All all the other stages, there's that tension of, am I a friend or a parent? Well, I'm a parent. That's why I have to police them and give them rules. And, and, you know, they should respect me more than they should like me. All those things that we hear Mm. is, is, and there's some validity in all that. Mm. Once they're, out of the house yeah. and they're adults, there really is an appropriate time to say, I'm really their friend. Yeah. I really like just hanging out with them. And I'm, I'm their dad, who's their buddy, who's a little bit further along in life yeah. and might have a few things to share if you ask. Yeah. Um, or at the very least, because there are times when you feel compelled, like I need to. Mm-hmm. Um, what I would suggest is parents of, of college age and above in your consulting role is ask permission to share mm. you can, th- that way you're still being proactive, mm-hmm. right? But Hey, would you mind if I shared some thoughts about what I observed that's good. the other night when we were playing games, you know, yeah, my son just great. got, my son just got married in August. Oh. So I'm observing all yeah. sorts of things about <laughs> him as a, as a, as a husband Yeah. for the first time. I'm wow. like, wow, okay. <laughs> you know, and it, it's really tempting to yeah. just say, bro, don't, 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 don't say, don't yeah. say that. Go yeah. ahead. I've been there before. <laughs> Trust me. But, but yeah. yeah, but it's better to go, hey, would you mind if I mm, share some thoughts that's about really good. Yeah. And again, they're, they're, he, sometimes they'll say, well, no, thanks. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, but if you just, if you just lean in yeah. at the gate with bro, you, you, <laughs> you, you know, then, then they're much more likely to shut you down. Right. Um, so here's your goal in this stage, parents. Um, this goes back to a little bit of the kingdom contribution, but it's, it's different. And that is the goal is to help your kids at this age be men and women who are reproducing their mm-hmm. faith. Maybe that's through their children. Maybe that's through saying, Hey, I've, I've got, I've got a little bit of years under my belt as a Jesus follower. Who can I mentor spiritually? Yeah. Um, but in college age and above, really the goal that we would have for our kids, I believe is that you would help challenge them and nudge them towards being a, a, a Christian who's reproducing that faith yeah. in, in somebody else. It might be a peer. It might not, it doesn't have to be somebody younger, right. but they're just saying, I, I want others to to experience and to live what I'm experiencing and living. Right. Continuing, as you said, making that kingdom contribution, Right. you know, right. which is such a beautiful thing. Yeah. Um, great. Ooh. This is a lot of information, you know, wow. a lot of stages. I love all the C's, caregiver, crafter, cheerleader, coach, consultant, I will say there's a lot of information here. If you are a listener and feeling a little bit overwhelmed with the structure or the content, don't worry. We are really wanting to be intentional with you all. And as Kurt mentioned, we're going to be diving deeper into all of these areas in future episodes and breaking them apart and really wanting to give you the tips, the tools, actual skills to navigate through all of these stages and to really understand our role and how we could achieve our goals in all of these phases. Thanks for joining the On Purpose Parents podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, you can help us by rating and reviewing our podcast on iTunes. If you're listening on our Saddleback Parents YouTube channel, please like and leave a comment. 
Also, remember to subscribe to our podcast and share it with your friends. You can connect with us by texting the word parents to the number 83000, following us on Instagram at Saddleback Parents, and emailing your comments to parents at saddleback.com. As a huge thank you, you can browse our hundreds of free resources at onpurposeparents.com, all created to help you win at parenting. We'll catch you next time.